Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And got something super special for you today. This is a conversation with my husband, Peter McDougall, and we talk about human design. We talk about our unique human designs and how understanding each other's human designs has totally up-leveled our relationship. Makai, our dog, was with us for a large part of the conversation. So there is a point in this episode where you will hear him heavy breathing and coughing a little bit because it was his dinner time. So I hope you enjoy the real life aspect of this episode. And I hope you get some golden nuggets that will help you in your relationships, whether that's your relationship with your romantic partner or your business partner or friends, siblings, strangers, just other humans, other animals, and the earth. I love you. Go forth and be awesome. Well, here we are all, that is Pete, Mackay, and me, are hanging out on our bedroom floor, ready to record what Mackay calls Inspiration Station. And he will not be contributing to this episode well, I really shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, he might be contributing to this episode. But oh, we're going to talk about human design. And yeah, so maybe I should explain about why we're on the floor of maybe. our bedroom. Because back in January, Pete and Tina repainted my office for me, which was amazing. And this is the gift of having people in your life who understand your design and know what lights you up and are willing and excited when they're lit up by different things. So they were totally lit up by the idea of painting. I was like, I'm not. And so they said, go ride your bike. We're going to paint. And in the process, uh, while my office was under construction, I recorded a few episodes in here and found that the audio was so much better. So now this is where the Find Your Awesome podcast is recorded until we figure out some audio stuff for my office. So anyway, we are going to talk about... Um, well, we're going to talk about emotional waves. We're going to talk about profiles. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things related to human design. Um, Pete and I, well, I don't know. I don't know time. But I got into human design a little while ago. Basically can't stop talking about it. So Pete, I guess he could have been an asshole, but he wasn't. Came had to come along with me on this journey. And it's an incredible experience to do this human design experiment together and it's been amazing for our relationship. It's amazing all around. So we are both manifesting generators. Pete is a two, four. I'm a four, six. We both have emotional waves, but we have different ones. We have, um, lots of other golden nuggets in our charts that we may or may not get into today, but we're going to start out with emotional waves. So first, well, first, Pete, why don't you say hi? <laughs> hi, everyone. You, it's okay. You were getting on a roll. That was fine. Just, um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, long-time listener. Uh, I think this is the third podcast episode that I'm helping you record. It might so, be fourth. I don't fourth. know. It doesn't matter. Again, counting. Counting. Now, my forte, anyone who's ever come to my core classes knows that. <laughs> I make True. numbers up sometimes. All right, so we're going to start out with emotional waves. And to start... Uh, there are four different kinds of emotional waves and we've got two different ones and 
before we get into how human design talks about emotions, let me explain the difference between feelings and emotions. So a feeling is when you think something and then you feel something about it. So somebody hands you a, a piece of cake and it makes you happy that like you have a thought that makes you happy or you have a thought and then you have a feeling emotions. What happens is the universe is like basically changing the radio dial and it's totally out of our control. It's there's no thought to it. There's no reason behind why sometimes you might feel kind of low and sometimes you feel extra high and we don't really realize the times when we feel extra high because it feels good and who cares? But we certainly do notice when we are in the trough of an emotional wave. And, and I think knowing, knowing that it's an emotional wave, knowing that it's not our fault, knowing that the emotional wave is actually a gift, that's been really cool for me. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think... I just changed what you said a little bit. I think we spend so much time. It's it's unpredictable. I'm I'm um, my emotional waves are spontaneous highs and lows, which means it's unpredictable and unpredictable when I'm going to feeling up and unpredictable when I'm feeling down. And I think to add a little nuance to what you were saying is I think that there's I I used to spend a lot of time trying to figure out why right. So, so the brain tries to assign a meaning because for more or less, like for, great, for greater or lesser extent, I always try and find patterns in everything that happens. Just, I like patterns. Um, and so I'd spend a lot of time being like, oh, I must be super psyched because of X, Y, or Z, or I'm, I'm really feeling down and it must be because of this other thing that happened. And your explanation of thoughts driving feelings, but emotions being essentially externally or kind of universe oriented um, helps because the feelings make sense. I feel bad because um, an editor just gave me a really harsh review or something like that. That's fine. But when my emotional wave has kicked in, I'd still be like, well, maybe it was because that editor review came through and it's like, well, that doesn't really feel right because it really wasn't that bad. And all they were doing was just saying, hey, you know, this is a good piece. But so these are some of the struggles I was having in addition to trying to figure out why I was just bummed out so much. Well, and once we do that, once, and this is totally, you are really good at finding patterns, but the trying to explain, yes. trying to find a reason is not unique to you. I think that this is what most of us do. Mm -hmm. When we, we feel an emotion and we go looking for the reason, we go looking for the source of it. And then what happens is we create a feeling. Right. And then so, so an emotional wave is really only supposed to last like 24 hours, but we humans are really good at this. We can make it last like a week. Well, that's, and I think that's what would happen. Like, I think the term that we came up, the shorthand, once we got to that point, cause it took a couple of years to figure it out, was we build to say like, I'm in a funk. Yeah. Right. That was the shorthand version for labeling what we now know was an, an, like a part of my emotional wave, um, a spontaneous down, but like. Yeah, I, I can remember a funk that like at least lasted three or four or five days. I mean, it was fairly regular that they'd last at least two or three days. And as you say, they only like, theoretically, they only last 24 hours. 
but then it gets all up in my head and my head is working the problem and trying to figure and so you're just kind of rolling around and around in it i mean i'm sure i didn't enjoy spending time with me so i'm sure you didn't enjoy spending time around me when i was in a funk and it just like i I don't want to overstate what it was but it it was a stressor in our relationship like it was it was awkward it was uncomfortable like we weren't certainly weren't feeling connected or anything like that when i was you know in this funk and eventually i'd pull myself out of it or i would pop out of it or i'd sleep on it and finally not pick it up and play with it the next day and so therefore i'd be gone because the emotional wave itself was gone and we'd move on and be like Phew, that one lasted four days that was a hard one um and so when we got to human design and you started looking at the emotional waves like it was like oh that makes so much sense like it wasn't me it wasn't an editor it wasn't um the board breaking on this thing or you know this like a drawing and messing up a drawing like it wasn't any of those things it just it just was and and particularly i found your advice helpful with like when i find myself in an emotional wave and i've had a couple of them since we've been discussing this and none of them have lasted longer than 24 hours some have lasted close to 24 hours some have lasted less but it's just like yeah just let it go know that it's just a thing and it'll pass and just don't make any decisions don't try and find a pattern don't try and find a thing oh well this must have caused this and therefore i'm not going to do no don't make any of those choices just kind of let it flow through that means i want to just chill out and not interact with anyone or just ask you for some space then that's fine because it'll be gone soon yeah i think back when it was a funk Mm -hmm. i I didn't know human design. I mean, I I was an eager coach for some of that time. So I'm like, oh, how can I coach you out of this? Yeah. And of course I couldn't because it was an emotional wave and it just had to flow through you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think that was it. The more you would try and coach me, the more I would try and pick it up and figure out what was the cause. And, and that just, it ends up creating a thing out of it that isn't because it's just a wave that's going through. Mm. Um, so I think that, that for me, I mean, when we were talking about doing, recording this podcast episode, I think the emotional waves was one of the big things that came to my mind first about how it's helped us understand each other. Um, I mean, that, we've been talking about understanding my emotional waves. I still don't necessarily understand your emotional waves because they look nothing like mine um, in that they are you know, virtually imperceptible. But that's okay because... I've seen them now, like you've been able to discern them. You've been working on discerning them and we've talked about it and yeah, it it has helped. We, okay. First of all, you, you do see them sometimes though. You'll be like, are you in an emotional wave? Like you you pick up that my energy isn't as sparkly. Now, now that we have a way of talking about it, because I never, I mean, I may have been able to observe it before, but like, I don't ever saying, hey, are you bumming out today? Like I remember you. So we used to use the language of the energy levels. Oh, yeah. A lot more. And you'd be like, are you in level one, which is victim energy? And a lot of times I would get kind of defensive mm-hmm. and be like, no, I'm just not sparkling every second of every day. <laughs> I actually do remember these exchanges, yes. Um, so I have what's called the subtle emotional wave. And it's like when 
Pete goes into a low when all the other emotional waves go into a low. They go like to a negative 10 and I go to negative two. And yeah, it really is about, I, I feel like the, a big piece of big gift and, and the project that the universe is giving those of us who have the subtle emotional wave is discernment. Like mm. learn how to see this because as Pete said, when we're in an emotional wave, well, we can't see anything clearly. People with emotional waves, people with emotional authority in human design don't see anything clearly in the present because we are always someplace on that wave. So we're always supposed to really wait 24 hours before we act on something, before we make a decision. But when, yeah, when I'm in like part of the, sorry, this is where I was going, that discernment is part of the project like you got to be able to like find it notice it so you can give yourself the space so you can work through it so you don't then go up into your head and try and make up a bunch of stories and basically put yourself in an end of the world situation and i just i mean i feel like the caveat needs to be done here like we're not like emotional waves isn't doesn't have anything to do with like clinical depression or anything like that. Like the, the solution to depression is not just hang on for 24 hours and don't get in your head. Like that's something completely different. Um, but, but I kind of felt the need to caveat that. Um, but yeah, like you raise a good point because so that just shows what human design is allowed, right? Because we had a whole language that we were developing through your, your energy level coaching. Um, and yet, possibly in some of the ways that I'd presented, but also possibly in some of the ways that you heard it, saying like, hey, are you feeling level one? Well, for you in your emotional wave at the time, like that, that wasn't just a casual observation. It wasn't always received well. And so it wasn't necessarily a, a, a good way of having a discussion around it well, to find out where you were. I wouldn't have a reason for right. feeling level one. Right. So like level one, whenever I'm teaching people about the energy levels, I explain level one is what I feel if I fall asleep on the couch <laughs> and then, and it's like a wake up at like 11 o'clock or something, which is way past my bedtime. And then I got to get up and I have to brush my teeth. And I have to walk all the way to the bedroom. Like, that's when I feel victim energy. Yeah. And so that's level one for me. And so to just be like going throughout a day normally and feeling level one, but not having a reason for it, I was like, no, I'm no, not can't level be. one. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Which, is, which is interesting because that's similar to me trying to find a reason and pattern in the funk. And that's your whole point. Like, emotional waves, if you try and find the pattern in them, if you try and figure out the reason for them, you will create a reason for a new feeling that will pick up where the emotional wave leaves off. And then you'll be carrying this thing that has an artificial internally caused reason for being in a funk. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I've never really connected the whole, like me observing that about you before human design. Um, because yeah, no, I do remember a couple times now just being like, Hey, are you, you emotional waving right now and you're just like maybe because i mean it's still not even clear it's not like someone being like hey do you have your hat on backwards oh look at that i do because you can't even tell for sure but at least it introduces the idea of like oh well maybe that is what's going on yeah so i've 
It hasn't even been a year. Again, again, time. I don't even know why I'm trying to tell you guys how long I've been working on this. But my understanding of emotional wave, when I first learned my human design, I learned that I had emotional authority. And then <laughs> I was learning all the stuff about people with emotional authority and none of it was resonating with me. And I was mm-hmm. like, everything else in my chart resonates so hard. Like what is wrong i know my birth time is right like what's up with this emotional wave and then i reached out to someone this is before i was a trained reader and she was like oh that's because you have the subtle wave and it basically feels like you don't have one it's like mm-hmm. oh but the thing about the subtle wave is it's about connection mm-hmm. so the channel that creates the um, the subtle emotional wave is on one side it's connection and once the other side, it's intimacy. Mm. So I am learning that anything that has to do with connection, I'm also a four six, so that's all about connection. Anything that's like rejection or I don't know any other word for like connection not going well. Yeah. Um, that seems to trigger an emotional wave. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the basis for my emotional wave. So so I think what I'm learning is, well, I'm learning about my wave at the same time as I'm learning about your wave. And I'm, I'm now able to ask you, what do you need? Yeah. I remind you, hey, don't talk to anyone but me for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and how can I support you? Yeah. And I think the last time I went through, I was like, uh, nothing. Like what you're doing, that's great. Just kind of let me sit here. And you were like, fine, no problem. Because I think that's the that's the other thing that we would sometimes not really fight about, but it would kind of create challenges is that like when you were trying to coach, like you would look to help and and that's not like that's not what I wanted. Like there are times that I definitely want help and I don't always know to ask for it, but the emotional waves are not one of them. It's like and it's not like I'm trying to spin my wheels internally. It's just like there's nothing that you can do and some part of me knows there's nothing you can do. And so it's just like, no, there's nothing you can do. Just leave me alone and I'll get through this. Um, Whereas I think what I want, and I've been learning this, is because my emotional wave is triggered by mm. lack of connection, what I want is connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's a, actually, this is actually a really good segue into the second point that we were bringing up is, so um, as a 2-4, and I... I how about you describe it? Because I always use the wrong words and I don't want to confuse people. Um, basically, my my hermit energy is... I, like, I like being in a cave, right? And so when I'm in the depths of this uh, emotional wave, when it's a low, like when you're in your emotional wave, it's tied to connection. And so you, you look to connect as a way to help you out of it. For me, I just basically want to go back into my cave and just be like... I'm good. Yeah, so two fours, also known as the easy breezy genius, are easy breezy geniuses. They, their wisdom comes from within when they're alone. So two fours just, well, they all have caves. And <laughs> whether it's a physical cave, I'm we're talking about Pete's office as a cave. We do not have a literal cave in our house. But if we did, he'd be in there. (laughs) Um, But they, 
they block off and I call I call it when Pico's in his phone booth energy mm-hmm. because it feels like I'm interrupt my existence is interrupting <laughs> him. He feels it it seems like he feels threatened by like I'll say his name and he's like what? <laughs> yeah, and I think interruption is actually a, a a great way of looking at it because that's what it kind of feels like. It it just feels like I'm in flow i'm doing something even if i'm not in flow but it's like there's so many things that are piled onto that where i just feel like i have my day planned out like these are the things that i'm going to do and i'm in my space i'm not in anyone's way and i just need to get them done and then kelsey dares ask a question that may just be like hey uh when were you going you know to to the grocery store again do i have time to make the list later or and it's just like as she, as you say like i respond almost immediately defensive being like what you know, I haven't even asked a question i'll use it as like pete um and that's and that's because uh, i mean i'm getting too far ahead so i never knew this i just knew that i liked sometimes being alone for a bunch of the day and I didn't need to go out and I didn't need to, like, I, I mean, ever since we moved to Maine in 2006, basically I've had a home office. So I haven't even really had an office that I go to or anything like that. And it always confused me that I didn't need to go out and see people and, and do that as much as what it sounded like other people. And I, I, I was always struggling to figure out why other people seem to need social interactions more than I did. I like people and I like... Yeah, so I'm going to interject here yes. and share with you. So two fours see themselves as this hermit and the rest of the world sees them as the life of the party because these are the people that are totally like animated and excited around people and love human interaction and they're just like talking non-stop they're the ones like holding court at a party and pete would describe him i no longer believe in the whole introvert extrovert right. thing but pete would describe himself as an introvert and people would be like nah there's no way yeah no and and so this this helped explain it like this was like it it literally i think it was the most profoundly kind of obvious part of human design that made me feel seen or allowed myself to see myself because I was just like these two things these two qualities can coexist and not just can coexist they specifically coexist for my chart and they don't coexist for your chart or you know a handful of other people I mean we we know a bunch of two fours and and their description of what they do and feel like is exactly is exactly what it feels like for me too. Um, and so I think that was one of the most important things about seeing myself through human design and being like, okay, so I can't, like, I don't have to fight this. I don't have to like force myself out when I don't want to. I don't have to, like, I, I don't have to live to what my expectations of what I think other people are supposed to live or how we're all supposed to be. Um, but I think it also helped us immensely because I would go into my phone booth energy equivalent and you'd be looking for connection because connection's super important to you. And 
I would have been in my office at seven o'clock in the morning and it's three o'clock in the afternoon and literally you haven't seen me other than me coming out to make some lunch and then going back into my office. So you're just like, you're kind of knocking on the door. There, the doors only recently have been able to close in my office. Um, but like, it's kind of knocking on the side being like, so you gonna come out sometime and play like straight out of Frozen with like, you want to build a snowman? Yeah, um, and that made me cry. Yeah. Kelsey's <laughs> like, oh my God, that's my life right now. But like, so you understanding that like, it's not me not loving you and not wanting anything to do with you is just literally the time I need in my cave. Yes, and I have since asked you to please tell me that. Yes. To please, like, so on a normal day, he's not in phone booth energy every day. Um, But on a day when his energy, it just feels like these walls are up, I'll be like, can you please tell me that it's not about me? Well, yeah. first, is it about me? Do you need space away from me? And then he'll say no. And he'll say, like, it has nothing to do with you. I love you very much. And that makes a difference. It makes such a difference because my wide open heart. Yeah. Like, play. Well, and that that's like, it sounds cheesy, but it's it's super simple. And it's it's something that is directly, you understand that you need it. I, I can... Like, I never thought that you'd need it because obviously I love you and obviously it's not about you. It's just this. Like, it's just how I'm... But... So it's 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 been such an eye-opening thing for us to learn how to communicate around what could otherwise have developed into something that was a seriously challenging thing that would only be uncovered in therapy and all of a sudden you'd be like well he spends all the time in the office and never wants to see me and I'm like I didn't even know that was a problem you know and I could see the go back and forth right there so so it's made a huge difference and the same way that you understand and I understand me has helped me understand so I'm not rolling my eye because oh my god you like all you need me to do is say I love you fine I love you like I'm not going to roll my eye because I understand that that's so important to you. Like that's, that is part of your design. That's part of the four, six, that's part of the connection that you need. It, and so it's, it's real. And it sounds like, it almost sounds like those kind of like fake TV apologies of like, say you're sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, good. Like, no, that's, that's not how this works. It's sorry. doesn't mean it anything if someone's asked for it. So like, I love you doesn't mean anything unless it spontaneously arises, but no, like, it genuinely helps you. And so I am happy. I am happy to say that when you need me to say that. And then you're also willing to, sometimes I'm like, can you bring your computer out of yeah. your cave and like be with me out here? And there's times where I've said no. Yes. And you've been like, oh, boop. <laughs> but there's times where absolutely, like the thought hasn't occurred to me that I could be editing or doing whatever I'm doing on my laptop, on my lap, in the living room. And if that makes a difference to you, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to come out of my cave um, and and do that near you and that that makes that makes an easy difference that makes a that makes an improvement and if I'm home it always makes a difference yes <laughs> it's just I'm not always willing to do it <laughs> yeah it's funny because I realized when I when I was in school at living at home as a kid I used to do my homework at the dining room table and it was for me and it was for my mom because I remember she would talk to me the whole time so it kind of drove me crazy because I was like mom I gotta do my homework but going I had a desk in my bedroom and I would never 
use it. Like I would, oh, I'd get so lonely and feel like disconnected. I'd always do my homework in my room. Yeah. I think, as far as I remember. Well, let's, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. So the last thing we think we're going to talk about is a couple of our open centers. So Pete has an open route, wide open route, and I have a defined route. And I've got an open Ajna. I actually do have one gate in there. And he's got a defined Ajna. I also have an open crown. That's a wide open crown. And he's got a defined crown. But I'm in crown masterclass right now from, you know, thanks Earth School. So, but Ajna, mm. that one I feel like I've, you know, I've, I'm at least out of the introductory class. I feel like I can talk about that. So do you want to talk, do you want to start with Root or Ajna? Let's start with root. And I mean, I'm going to, this is something that I'm still, I'm very much still in like intro class. Well, yeah. Out, so. And everything we're talking about right now is you guys are hearing us in our human design experiment. Yeah. Yeah. So we might record the same episode next year and be like, oh, remember when we thought that? <laughs> That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. So, I mean, why don't you explain the root and what, what an open and defined root is? Okay. So... If you've got a defined root, you're grounded, you trust in life, you need to move your body. If you've got an open root, <laughs> well, you get like what I call Velcro butt. Yep. He has this ability, when you're aligned, an open root, someone with an open root has the ability to sit still for days <laughs> someone with a defined root you're never gonna see that like even during a meditation so many times i'm just like my mind i can quiet my mind i can focus on my breath but maybe my legs need to move um with an open root you ampli feel and amplify other people's pressure so the root pressure is the pressure to move your body mm. and Pete doesn't have that. So there's so, I'm trying to figure out where to go. And also when you've got an open route, you feel and amplify other people's pressure. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's this body pressure. And it, what I remind people with an open route is remember your panic is not my panic. Right. So you guys are not meant to have deadlines. You're not meant to be under pressure from your body. Pete has a defined crown. So mental pressure is, like how he gets things done. I, there was one night, I, it totally wasn't a night, but gradually I came to the realization that like, wait, people with an open route, that's Makai coughing. You guys are hearing right now. Um, he's contributing to the answer. <laughs> um, people with an open route, like what tells them to go to bed? My body tells me to, it's ready for bed. And my body tells me to wake up and Pete's got a defined crown so he can, he can think himself like, oh, it's time for me to go to bed. Mm -hmm. But there's no body. Well, and that's, and that's how I would, that's how I would work deadlines. Like that's, I'd figured out how to motivate, get myself, build the pressure necessary to get dead, reach deadlines and do stuff like get homework done, get projects done. It was all motivation come from my head. And I think one of the problems with that is the 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 fact that I would then start using other people's stress as a way it through my head as a way of making my root 
like making up for the fact that my route's undefined. And so in order to, to get me to move less kind of running, jogging, whatever, and more to, towards a deadline, like I'd create these stressors, I'd someone else's panic would be become my would become my panic. And so I think one of the things when you were reading at the human design, and that was one of the things like their panic is not my panic was just like, I have that on a post-it note stuck over my desk because I'd be working on something and then some client would be like, oh, uh, oh, we gotta do this. And I literally would drop everything to do that because I wanted to make that pressure go away because I was letting their panic become my right. panic. Which is the the unaligned right. open route is to be in a hurry to make the pressure go away. Right, right. So one of the other differences I notice in our routes is when we go to walk Mackay, <laughs> it's often Mackay and I are standing at the door, totally ready, like we've got his harness on, leash is attached, I've got the key, maybe I've got the treats, and Pete says he's ready. But I'm not. No, he's not. <laughs> and then... And then you finally say, okay, I'm ready. And like, finally stand up from your computer. You finally like, it's like you can hear the Velcro releasing. And then you have to go pee. And then you have to find your hat and your sunglasses. And then you go. What I find the most vindicating is a judgy word, is the people that you've spoken to that are not me, that are like, oh yeah, that's, that's how I am too. And it's just, I think it's helped you understand, like, because I think people with undersigned root, it might be easy to see them as lazy or see them as, and it's like, I want to be like, no, that's not, that I'm not lazy. Like, I work really hard. Like, I, all those kinds. Of, but yeah, I just, I'm gonna, like, I, I'm gonna wait until the very last moment to get up. Like, I don't want to. Whereas I am staying, like, I can feel the pressure in my body so strongly. Like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. I want to go. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't, so thinking of you guys as lazy, I admit, I don't think you're lazy at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, your ability to sit still mm-hmm. used to trigger me a lot, still triggers me a little. A little bit. Just a little bit. Like, if, if I have a rest day... I, I see how. That's true because when you're out, when you're out, like when you go out on a bike ride. I mean, we were running together, but when you go out on a bike ride, you don't see the fact that while you're off on your bike ride, I am basically in my chair for the entire time. Yeah, and last year when we were running, I'd be doing a brick, and you would somehow go from seated at your computer to sometimes it was a, a transition run where I was supposed to start out fast. And he'd go from like, you know, resting heart rate to max heart rate in one minute. Like going from sitting in his chair to changing into running clothes to out the door and starting to run. I I need more transition time than that. Like my body, and I'm not talking about triathlon right now. I'm talking about like, I don't go from sit to Yeah, I wonder if that's, I I never thought of that because like, there's a lot of times while we're running now where I will get changed into my running clothes while like you're out on a bike because I know it's not technically a real transition like you're just gonna run after you bike but I'll be working so I'll get changed and then I'll be working 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 and you're literally like 
pick up the key, hang on the door frame, and I'll save, close my computer, and I'll get out, and we'll run. And, like, that seems completely normal to me. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's something else or if that's an undefined route, but either way, um, maybe it's just one of my quirks. Do you want to talk a little bit about the epiphany we had about your route last weekend with running, with using, amplifying oh, my route right. so, to clean so your office? I can, so the undefined route uses and leverages energy and root energy from other people. Yeah, someone with an open route can amplify like some a defined route. And the energy is in short bursts. Like, these people become total superheroes. This is how someone can pick up a car. Right. right. That's right. And the, and the epiphany was, like, so for the longest time, I, I now mostly just run with you, but for the longest time, I was training for my uh, marathons and, and long distance running. And I had this weird thing that kept on cropping up where I, I mean, f- I basically feel like I was bonking, even though it was physically impossible because I'd be bonking after 20 minutes or 25 minutes and we have more than that glycogen in our body. So my body was not hitting the wall. Like it, 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 that wasn't what's happening, but that's what it felt like. And we didn't really understand. And so constantly trying to figure out nutrition, stuff like that. Um, and, and what, what we were discussing is if someone with an undefined route uses someone else's like draw can draw on someone else's energy but it's very exhausting like it's just it's it's depleting um because you're not really like it's it's useful in fits and spurts but if you just do it for a long period um and so what we were talking about was you were on your bike you were training inside because i think it was raining or something like that and i this was on the weekend and i'm like i'm gonna like i've been constantly putting off and just picking away at cleaning my office and I like moved furniture, moved shelves, redid, like I did a whole bunch of that stuff. And then we went out and I wasn't tired by it. And then we went out for a run and I think it was one of our 30 minute runs or something like that. Anyways, I, I started bonking 20 minutes in, which made no sense. And so in that, in hindsight, as we were talking about it, it was, I, you were putting out a serious amount of uh, root energy um, on your bike and I just tapped into that I mainlined it for about two and a half hours to to motivate and have the energy to redo the office and then once that was done like I was exhausted without really knowing it and so I started running and my body's like oh no no we're done like physically I wasn't exhausted because I hadn't like my, my muscles weren't tired and all that kind of stuff that you'd expect if you know, if you had just biked for two and a half hours and were running. Um, but yeah, so that, I think that was a really important piece of that puzzle to figure out that, that just how tiring it can be for me with my undefined route to basically get that energy from someone else to be able to do these. It's super handy because it was great. I, I motivated to get all that stuff done. Like, and I love my now much cleaner office and tidier office and tidier guest room and, and we talked about afterwards how you can, if you do end up training for marathons again, mm-hmm. how you can use this to your advantage by right. training solo. So not with me and not with anyone else, or maybe you can find someone with an undefined route mm-hmm. and you two could train together. And then you said the week before the race, no, yeah, no work. Like 
because I think in previous marathons, like I always would try, I mean, it's really boring to run for three hours by yourself, you know, time and time again. So I would train, I had people who would, I'd run with in Maine and, and I would run much better with them than I would by myself, particularly on race day. Um, so that was your supposition that like, maybe they have defined routes and I'm drawing from them. And then on race day, some of the, my favorite races were, I was essentially alone um, because they were, they were relatively sparse, you know, they're the sugarloaf races through the mountains and it's, you're, you're alone for a Point to point. Yeah. Um, and so there was no one for me to call on and I, I, I essentially blew up in that race. Um, not in a good way. So yeah, like it's, it's knowing that that's going to happen. I mean, and there's times where I, when we're running, where I pick up from you and so then I start running faster. Um, so being able to use that to my advantage and not just use it kind of unawares in an un- unaligned way, um, it certainly has been, I mean, we haven't really tested it from that side of things, but it, it has helped me understand, um, maybe there's more to it than just, just nutrition, which is what I always kept on coming back to, because if you're bonking, then you must not be, you know, managing your nutrition well. Um, so it, it's... It is a, a very interesting pattern to try to apply to this this thing. So yeah, no, that I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, like I said, we're this is a total work in progress. You're yeah. hearing you're hearing all the like cogs and wheels and all whatnot the right now fitting together. So let's let's switch gears though to the yajna. Right. Um, do you want to explain? Yeah. So uh, people with a defined ajna are here to really hone their their point of view their opinions um and they like to debate and wait let me rephrase that debate debate like energizes them and sometimes they don't think they're debating but it feels like a debate to those of us with an open ajna people that define ajna their their mind is like a library with a whole you know, those stack, those movable stacks, because they've got like everything organized and perfectly lined out and it's busy in there. (laughs) And people with an undefined ajna, we are, we can take in 10 opinions at a time. We can see all of these opinions and we are not here to hone an opinion or cling to any opinion. Debate drains us. It feels to us like People with a defined ajna are looking at like 10 different sides of a coin. You got that? Like a coin has two sides, but it feels like they're looking at 10 sides of it and over and over and over again. Our ajnas, our minds in their natural state are these expansive skies with like a couple clouds and maybe a bird flying across. I think your word choice is interesting there because I think anyone with a defined ajna would think of it as a discussion <laughs> and you with an undefined ajna see it as a debate. So it feels because like... It, it absolutely feels like, but that's, I think, I mean, and that's been helpful for me to understand that you see it as a debate and I'm like, well, that's not my intention. I'm just discussing it. Um, but I think, I think that encapsulates the issue. Like, it's just a discussion. Like, we're just talking things through, talking it over. And, and I have experienced 
I mean, there's obviously lots of different ways that this can come across. It's not just binary, but like I've been on discussions where I felt it was a debate and the other person feels the discussion and it's just not unpleasant. So when you described it as that, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how wanting to just discuss lots of different aspects of it just seems like an exercise in in you know debating or in really trying to hone something that you're just wildly not interested in in pursuing yeah and it's not always sometimes i find that the topic interesting Mm -hmm. but just going into so i'm not supposed to be in my head i've got an open ajna and an open crown i'm all my energy is in my body all Mm -hmm. my answers are in my body when i go up in my head it feels like there's a tornado in that nice expansive sky and it just spins around Mm -hmm. there are things like during the pandemic, as, as we're hearing stuff like, you got to wear a mask, don't wear a mask, all, all the things, all the contradictory information, that would just spin in my head. And I'd keep coming, I remember, keep going back to Pete and being like, but that doesn't make sense. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I, five minutes later, well, wait, that's just dumb. That just doesn't make any sense. That can't be. And I felt to me like with his defined Ajna, he has a trash can in there and he's just like, yeah, I put it in the trash and I'm like, I'll have trash can in here. Like it's just swirling and it's going to continue swirling until if it's truth, it'll fall into my body. And if it's not, it just like has to finally go out. I think to you and other people with defined Ajnas, they keep like putting it in the trash for me and putting it in the trash for me. You're like, Kelsey, it's in the trash. Well, and that's, it, it helped explain, like, uh, you, you're, you're, the desktop of your computer is the same way. Like, you just have everything there. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just all there. And, and I keep trying to be like, well, don't you have, like, folders for it and stuff like that? And that's, like, we've come to grips with, when you've tried to tell me something or explain something to me, because it's not like with an undefined Ajna, it's not like you, like there's no discussions about anything. Like you, that, that's, we have discussions about a lot of things. And so there's things that you're excited with. It's just then you move on to the other thing and you don't want to just keep grinding it into the dust of five or 10 or 10 different ways, as you were saying. But like you'd start explaining something to me and I'd be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like I don't have anywhere to put this. Like I need to understand a little bit of a structure, a little context, like what folder should this go into? And that concept is completely foreign to you because it's just like, you just put it on your desktop. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just there with everything, with all the other thoughts. That's where it goes. That's all you need to know. And I'm like, no, it needs to have a folder. Is this like a, a, a friend conversation story or is this a health conversation? Like, I need to know where to put it because I have to start a file and start, as you talk, I'm writing it down and putting it in the file. Otherwise, it just gets lost and screws everything up. And that, I think, too, was a helpful... Because you used to be like, I don't... Like, why do you, why do you need context? Just, mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. Right now, like, listen and enjoy and partake. Um, and so there are ways that, that that has helped. Like, understanding this difference has helped us communicate literally communicate better because we're able to kind of meet each other where we're at right and sometimes i'm just like i'm out yeah well and that's it you like i'll i'll keep wanting to talk something over and you're like i'm done and now i understand it's not like i'm done 
I don't care what you think and I'm bored of you and the topic of conversation at hand, even if I might have just brought it up 20 seconds ago. But it's like, because that's happened. <laughs> but it's, it's like, I'm done. And I'm like, got it. No problem. I'll stop denying it. Or I'll say, I, I really just need to finish this thought. And you're like, fine, no problem. Do I have to listen? No. Okay, great. Just because I literally, there are times where I feel I just, I need to say it out loud to get it out, to finish the thought, to wrap it up, put it away in its file. And, and so that's something that we both know, like, because before I get really frustrated because you're suddenly ending the conversation and there's just so many things I still need to talk about on it. And like, I'll keep talking and you'll just be like, oh my God, he's not, he's not, he's still talking. Shit. Does he even know that I'm not listening to him anymore? Like I am listening technically, but, and it just, it creates this friction. Actually, I would still be listening and I'd be yawning because I would be so exhausted. <laughs> so tired. I'd be so tired. Which honestly didn't help things. <laughs> For the middle of a conversation, you start yawning. What's the matter? You bored? No, I'm, no, I'm actually really like tired. in pain right now. I'm miserable. This isn't working. There are, um, so like you can amplify my root energy. Yeah. I can amplify your Ajna energy. And like, I'm supposed to be able to do that on this. Like you come up with an idea and I amplify it. That's how it does. That's how it doesn't, that, that isn't really how it shows up for us. But, um, there was, I mean, I, I feel and amplify your mental energy. Yeah. So what that looks like is when we were meditating the other night yeah. and, and I, afterwards I turned it, Turned to Pete and I was like, what was that? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just couldn't settle down. My brain has been like running at a mile a minute. And like this thought, this thought, this thought, this thought. Like I, there was no sitting on the grass, you know, looking at the traffic pass by of the thoughts. It was, I am dodging trucks and cars and like running like a chicken with the heads cut off. Um, I just couldn't settle down. Yeah. And you were just like, so, so what was all that about? Um, and I think that's an interesting thing. It's, it's useful to know that that's that goes on right so yeah so that mental energy includes fear thoughts mm -hmm. so right now while we're recording this we're still in the pandemic mm -hmm. it's june, it is june. <laughs> um and but at the beginning of it, it you had little fear thoughts but mm -hmm. i could make them huge right and then i'm up in the middle of the night right like i remember constantly that constantly waking up so we did an experiment one night where we slept in separate beds yeah i slept amazing and i couldn't fall asleep because i had no no like i realized i use your route to be like it's time for bed and so without that there i'm like uh should i be sleeping now is that sleeping <laughs> But it, I think the other thing is, one of the things that I've learned to do is empty out my ajna before I come to bed. And so sometimes that means just meditating before bed and it's fine. Like I can read a little bit. Other times I'm like, my mind is still whirling. I'm going to go watch TV for half an hour or an hour or an hour and a half. Because sometimes it's just like still got thoughts. And now I know that if I come to bed with all those swirling thoughts, I'm not going to sleep. And then you're going to wake up and, or have really weird dreams. Um, yeah. Sometimes I feel Pete's dreams. That's kind of, it's weird. I've, we've been, I've been doing that yeah. forever and it's good to know now why it happens, yeah. but I'll, yeah, I'm like, this is not mine. <laughs> well, I, I have really vivid, I wonder 
like I have really vivid dreams too, so I wonder what role that plays in it all. But um, it's it, it is interesting. I think I mean bringing it back to the conversation thing and and discussions versus debates. Like I think that's been really helpful because I know that we've we've struggled a couple of times with that where I've wanted to continue a conversation for whatever the reason was and you've essentially been done with the conversation and without having the ability to understand where the other person's coming from for their desires then it becomes just it becomes a personal thing um and that's the whole point it doesn't have to be personal because it's just like that's just the way you're designed so you figure out what ground rules there are and i can finish my thought and you don't have to listen so it's great um so i think that's been you know those 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 are some of the things about the ajna that i think and i'm still figuring it out particularly the root um i think the my root my undefined root is where i often end up being most misaligned of all oh that. yeah we should share about that that um so sometimes we've now learned about this so it doesn't happen as much but we will be out on a walk and we'll be like farthest point from the house and pete starts asking me about my schedule oh, yeah. for the day like when are you gonna go running and I, I don't know because, oh, well, first of all, I think it's because your ajna is, because you don't have root energy, you are planning out your day, mm -hmm. like with an actual, with actual attention to time. And I don't, do, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, um, I don't know, I got to call it 10, so it's not going to be then. It's just not going to be that one time. Yeah, I, I can tell you all the times it's not going to be, but even when we're out there, I don't like answering that it makes yeah. me feel really uncomfortable because i'm like not in my root energy and my root is my pressure my the pressure from my comes from my body so as soon as he mentions running i'm like it's like my roots like oh we up is it are we running like is that what we're asking <laughs> this? really wanted i'll i'll be like i can't answer that my stomach's full right now i just drink a smoothie well and i think i think it's been key because to understand that i've I've waited till we're back closer to home because you like in other elements of this and I don't think it's just root and ajna but like discussing things like schedule or ideas about finishing the closet or something like that you're just like can we not do it in the complete theoretical can we do it and that's probably related to crown and ajna being undefined for you mm -hmm. um and so but that's exactly right I am like we literally it's at the turning room point we're now starting our way back home and uh, my brain is like all right well when we get home then i'm gonna have to do this. oh shoot i'm gonna go running with kelsey when she needs to go running okay i want to find that out because i want to slot that in so my brain is worrying as it's laying out the full schedule because it's got the job of telling my body what to do and when and so for you that's not at all the case um which doesn't mean that like you can't give me useful information. I just have to ask in a way in a time that makes sense to you. And so if I, like I can ask, I think I can't remember how we figured it out that one time, but it was basically like, are there, are there times, is there a time of day that you're more likely to run or less likely to run? Or what are the factors involved with when you run? And then that gives me enough information because I just need to know, because I can't eat lunch right before we run it needs to be about an hour and a half and so it's just like i need to know whether or not i'm having an early lunch or a late lunch today um and so there's there's ways of asking that question that don't that that fit in that that address how i like why i need the information but also fit into how you can think about it 
um, or want to think about it um, without triggering any kind of undue stress or challenge or friction or why are we talking about this when we're still 45 minutes away from home. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I think we're done here because my, my outro is done now. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, she's not yawning yet, but we are we are close, close to being there. Um, yeah, no, I think I think we covered we covered the three things that we thought were going to be. All right, there may be more of these. There may not. Yeah. Who knows? No attachment. This is two MGs. We're doing what lights us up. We're excited to share this with you right the second. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, that was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, hey, that's it. If you are inspired to do a human design reading with your partner, your life partner, romantic partner, best friend, sibling, child, whomever, head over to kelseyabbott.com slash human design. You can also book an individual reading there and there's some special opportunities to upgrade your reading as well. So check it out again, kelseyabbott.com slash human design. If you want to know more about what Pete does when he's in his cave, go to reefsmartguides.com to check out all the nifty stuff they make. And as always, if you want free meditations for yourself or to share with friends, head over to kelseyabbott.com slash meditations. And I am still teaching online core classes Saturdays at 4 p.m. Eastern. To sign up, go to kelseyabbott.com com slash core. I try to update the date uh, about midweek. So if it's still saying last week's date, either contact me to double check or just go ahead and sign up and trust that we are doing it until I tell you we're not doing it. I love you, magical beings. We got this. Go forth and be awesome.